everyone, we're very happy to finally be back. And yes, yes, we know we posted two episodes since our break, but this is actually the first episode we've been able to record. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been a time. It has. <laughs> Our apologies for the unexpected break. As it turns out, I had to go to the hospital for nearly a week and have had the lovely experience of dealing with the aftermath of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, you know, the deluge of doctor's appointments that usually accompanies such an event. And while things are settling down, we apologize for what will likely be a wonky posting schedule probably for the rest of the year. So sorry about that. Today, however, we shall pick off where we left off with episode 63, The Revenge of Bruticus. Yep. Thanks for your patience, guys. (laughs) Yeah, again, sorry about that. (laughs) If you'll remember from the previous episode, Starscream and the Combaticons have been banished to an asteroid after Starscream's most recent mutiny. (laughs) It's a tiny-ass asteroid. No one gets any personal space here. What's this? Continuity? (laughs) Oh, for once. And okay. It was tiny, like, one shot ago. Now it's huge. Continuity never heard of her. (laughs) (laughs) You had me for two seconds. Cartoon, how dare you? Yep. So Starscream is uh, bitching about this cosmic prison. And the Combaticons tell him to shut the hell up, as they are, in fact, stranded here because of Starscream's own actions. Oh, Starscream, you're (laughs) never gonna learn. He doesn't. He really doesn't. I can say this conclusively. He never learns. Yep. Not even death makes this, (laughs) makes this mech learn. Nope. Not even death in what I'm assuming were a couple hundred years floating around in space. Yep. Starscream takes to the firmament, but Onslaught uh, shouts at him that he doesn't have enough fuel to make it back to Earth. A shouting match plus a few, you know, missiles ensues, and we see that Starscream has a high opinion of himself. Shocker! (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what we get with a scientist who thinks he's a better military commander than, you know, the guys in the actual military unit that's led by a tactician. Starscream flies off into space, leaving the Combaticons behind. Upon panning out, we see that Blastoff is actually pulling the asteroid towards Cybertron. How does he have enough fuel for this? (laughs) Maybe they consolidated their fuel into him? I mean, they're also in space, so as long as they can get moving, they'll stay in motion. Mostly. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there's any friction. True. And he was actually built to be in space, so maybe theoretically he'd be able to, you know, do that with less energy than, say, the Jess. But now on Cybertron! Shockwave is indulging his hobbies. (laughs) And Shockwave is comparing his Sentinel's response times uh, using holographic targets and timing them. We've never seen these before, and we will never see these holographic... Oh, the holographs. Yes, we don't see those again. Sorry. We'll never see those holographic <laughs> targets again. It's... They bring up so much stuff that could have been useful in the series. You and then think... it's a one-trick pony. And I'm sorry because I thought you were going to say the Sentinels. I'm like, no, no, they popped up earlier. Which they did, but... <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the holographic things. But yeah, I do remember the Sentinels. So he then notices the asteroid coming straight towards Cybertron. Thinking Cybertron is being... Invaded. I, I suppose it being towed by a... A spaceship sh- a would ship. make him think that. <laughs> yeah. So he has his sentinel shoot at them. Once the Combaticons are on the ground, Shockwave demands to know who they are. <laughs> they promptly form Bruticus and pick Shockwave up like a doll. <laughs> and unfortunately, they do not take the opportunity to emulate King Kong here. It's tragically missed. <laughs> 
shockwave transforms into his gun form and shoots Bruticus in the face while they're picking him up. Bruticus then uses shockwave to shoot his own sentinels before he sticks shockwave into one of the big old cannons on his back to, sh- to blast shockwave into space. And shockwave doesn't even have a trigger, so how did he sh- how, how did Bruticus sh- Go pew pew. Yes. <laughs> With Shockwave indisposed, the Combaticons declare victory. On Earth, Megatron is utilizing the Insecticon's mass duplication ability to steal energy. As they are now going through another cloning phase, so there's just a fuck ton of them everywhere. All of which are currently being watched by a group of Autobots as they attack City. Yep. Attack the City, eat the City. That city looks like it's been bombed to hell and back. Our Autobot group today consists of Optimus, Sideswipe, Trax, and Prowl. So, the Autobots rush in and attack a group of the Insecticons who all burrow into the ground to escape. The Insecticons move into an inhabited neighborhood and Optimus says, They can't fight with all these people here! And so he calls a bunch of new Autobots for evacuation assistance. These are the Protectabots. Streetwise, Groove... Blades, First Aid, and Hotspot, who are a police car, a police motorcycle, helicopter, ambulance, and a fire truck, respectively. We get absolutely no explanation for where these guys came from, but uh, we basically have them because the Autobots needed another combiner to contend with the Decepticons, now three freaking combiners. Yep. And also, hi kids, new toys! Also true. At the Autobots base, Perceptor and Spike are talking about the wonders of the universe as Spike stares out into the sky through a telescope. And we get quite possibly the best transition in this entire series as, like, Shockwave tumbles through the viewfinder of the telescope before colliding with Starscream in space. (laughs) I mean, I think we can assume that this isn't what Spike is seeing through the telescope, but that would be so funny. It would be. Admittedly, I would love to see Spike's response to, is that Shockwave? Yeah. Because, I mean, he's, he's, he's seen him. He's seen him. I think he's tried to shoot at him before. So he probably roughly knows what his alt mode looks like. Mm-hmm. So Shockwave begs Starscream to help save Cybertron from the invaders. And Starscream is super happy that he is so close to Cybertron and offers Shockwave a ride. <laughs> Probably from, you know, his his uh, kindness and generosity and, you know, all those things. But I would like to know how he didn't see Cybertron when he flew away from the Combaticons because they seemed pretty close to the planet then. So did he just not look behind him and, like, just drive into space? <laughs> no one pays attention to any of their environments here. They're all so bad at it. Very true. They roll their, um... Fuck it, I forgot the word. (laughs) Roll the really shitty perception check. Yes. (laughs) So, Shockwave, despite being able to mass shift, you know, be significantly smaller and handheld, just hitches a leg over Starscream's jet mode to hops on. Like he's riding a pony. It's amazing. A space pony. (laughs) Back on Cybertron, Onslaught begins to examine the space bridge and wonders if it can, perhaps, be used to exact their revenge against Megatron. To this end, Onslaught figures out how to control the movement of planet Earth via the space bridge. 
apparently he can do this by taking off his backpack and plugging it into the Cybertronian end of the space bridge. And no, we don't know how the fuck he did this either or that he could fucking do this, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, moving Cybertron makes some amount of sense. It's a metal planet right. that in some continuities has had big-ass engines built into it. <laughs> how do you get Earth? A planet that's actually in a stable orbit to do this. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, Onslaught figured it out, though, so sure. Um, <laughs> he deserves to win an ignoble prize. On Earth, the Protectobots have mobilized and are helping evacuate people from the Insecticon-infected area, for lack of a better way to say it. Once everyone's out of harm's way, the Autobots open fire on the Insecticons. Oh, they're not taking into account property damage here, are they? Uh, <laughs> we assume not, no. Before being interrupted by the timely arrival of Power Glide, carrying both Percy and Spike. Percy warns Optimus about an energy disruption coming from Cybertron that's sending the planet towards the sun! Onslaught's master plan, everybody! To be fair, we've seen much dumber plans on this show, so carry on. Booby trap that actually catches boobies. Those were words that came out of Optimus Prime's robot mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. How many times has the planet gone towards the sun? <laughs> we are we are at one, because I think the other time Okay. One time I think they were increasing the power of the sun. Mm -hmm. The Earth wasn't getting closer, but the sun was involved. And the other time, the Autobots were put on a spaceship hurtling towards the sun. So technically the sun didn't move, either, or like the planet didn't move either of those times. But the sun has been involved three times now. At least. <laughs> at least. I might be forgetting one for all I know. The Autobots arrive at the space bridge, but one of the Insecticons beat them there and chops the control panel off and then... Burrows the underground, taking it with him. <laughs> Elsewhere, Onslaught is happily telling the rest of the crew his grand revenge plan when they're attacked by aliens. Said aliens are actually holograms created by Shockwave in an effort to get the Combaticons to waste all of their energy as if they haven't spent time going and finding the fuel station. <laughs> So Shockwave then takes issue with Starscream's usage of the royal we. For once, Cybertron has been retaken, uh, saying that he, Shockwave, is the guardian of Cybertron because Megatron appointed him. I love G1 Shockwave. <laughs> G1 cartoon Shockwave is like the milk toast of Shockwaves. I think that's why I love him. He's just the elevator guy. He's like very serious about his job and I respect that. He's very straight-laced. He's the guy that would just go home and like... He has a routine. Yes. <laughs> He's a punch clock villain, more or less, compared to the others, it feels like. Yeah, and part of that might just be because, you know, I wonder if this man needed a routine for several million years to keep from going insane, and, like, that's how he functions now? Like, that's, that's how he survived, being up here with no one to talk to for millions of years. Except going and basically attempting to stalk the female Autobots. Yes, but they, I imagine, come to him or he sends his sentinels out. I don't think he gets out much. Yeah. Or at least that's the vibe I get. Mm -hmm. More holograms attack the Combaticons as Starscream and Shockwave retake the space bridge room. Once inside, Shockwave sees Onslaught's alterations and is concerned that the Earth is now hurtling towards the sun. How is he able to make this deduction so quickly? Science! <laughs> Starscream, on the other hand, is absolutely delighted and attacks Shockwave when he attempts to, you know, disable the alterations. 
He then does what can only be described as the Cybertronian equivalent of Bitch, I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me in a call to Megatron. Starscream threatens to let the Earth collide with the Sun if Megatron does not acknowledge Starscream as the new Decepticon leader. Now, Megatron obviously does not want to do that, and so he arrives back at the space bridge and sees the missing control panel, ordering the Decepticons to track it down. Outside on Cybertron, the Combaticons realize that they have been had, once Swindle finds the source of the holograms. And then they proceed to capture a bickering Starscream and Shockwave once they retake the space bridge room immediately after. On Earth, global warming is real, guys. <laughs> Wells are drying up! Fields are bursting into flames! And we don't even get to see what's happening to the Arctic. No, which I imagine would be horrific. There should also be flooding. Yes. <laughs> Massive flooding. Yes. The Autobots are doing what they can, but literally everything is catching fire. Three Insecticons burst out of a parking garage wall and start chowing down on a nearby car. They are quickly spotted by Ramjet and Megatron, who demands his control panel back. The Autobots arrive, and Spike is devastated to see that the control panel has been lightly nibbled. They got the munchies. Can you blame them for that? But <laughs> they were burrowing underground, I mean. Well, I mean, technically, they've always got the munchies. So true. But the Insecticons run, dropping the control panel or what's left of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Perceptor can fix the device, but he needs some components. And Optimus offers to donate some components if Megatron will. Megatron is, you know, not pleased about this, but Spike reminds him that, hey, We'll all die if this isn't fixed, including you. <laughs> to which Megatron, being sensible for like once, acquiesces. The temperatures continue to worsen before the Decepticons and Autobots head to Cybertron together. Upon arriving, they find Shockwave and Starscream. <laughs> Starscream gives a sob story about how the Combaticons forced him to threaten Megatron. Shockwave immediately calls him out on his bullshit. <laughs> yep. A battle ensues, the Autobots and Decepticons working against the Combaticons, and Bruticus is formed and starts throwing shit. Bruticus hates Cybertron! Bruticus is throwing a massive tantrum! He totally is. The group isn't sure how they're going to take out Bruticus until Starscream reveals that he basically built in a kill switch. Said kill switch is three specific spots on Bruticus's back. Hit all three, and down he goes. God knows the toddler combiner needs a goddamn nap. It's like it's like a carnival game, except <laughs> your winning is taking down the giant toddler. And the planet not being destroyed. Bruticus picks up Megatron, and while he's distracted, Optimus is able to disable Bruticus with those three special shots. They are able to stop Earth's movement, but all life on Earth should just be dead at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they in the, uh, like, the Mercury zone or the Venus zone? I, I don't or know. did they actually get out of this Goldilocks zone that Earth is in? I would assume so. It definitely looked like that. I don't know if they were around Mercury. It looked way too close to the sun. I don't remember how close mm. it was exactly, but it looked way too fucking close. Yeah, I mean, considering how close it was, it really should have perhaps been all cinders. So, <laughs> Mercury, I'm guessing. Optimus tells Megatron that. Bruticus is a danger, and Megatron agrees suspiciously easily. <laughs> and thus Bruticus is shot and exploded. Um, okay, summary execution of five people, guys. That's, uh... <laughs> well, that's a season wrap of Bruticus, everybody. I hope you enjoyed seeing him for this two-parter. <laughs> oh, that's dark for this series. Dark. <laughs> but not really, because Starscream used that hologram generator we saw earlier. To fake the explosion, and 
I guess cover up the giant robot that wasn't actually exploded. <laughs> I guess. This is ultimately what gets Megatron to agree to allow Starscream to return to Earth. <laughs> this whole scheme. Although Megatron intends to make some um, modifications to make the Combaticons loyal to him, as if that's not fucked up and creepy. And thus our episode ends. Happily. Uh, evilly? Well, with mind control. Again. Yes, definitely evilly. <laughs> So join us next time for episode 64, Aerial Assault, starring a young heir to a throne, classic cars, and a giant purple people eater. Yep. Yay. Okay, so we have two fanfic recommendations for today. Both of them focused on the Combaticons, or at least members of the Combaticons. Uh, the first is Primes and Protectors by NK, NK Floofy Poof. Uh, the continuity is ambiguously G1. <laughs> Probably cartoon G1. Uh, it's rated T. It's Slash. Our pairing here is Onslaught and Soundwave. Characters are Onslaught and Soundwave. Onslaught reflects on himself, his comrades, and the war itself while playing footsie. And it's the Combaticons. It's Onslaught. It's one of them. That's the wreck theme or whatever. It's a one-shot too, so... And then uh, the second one is Sword of Damocles, The Price You'll Pay by AJ Remix. It's ambiguously G1 cartoon again. Uh, rated T for teens. Rated Gen. There's no pairings. Characters. Um, it's Onslaught, Megatron, and the Combaticons. And just as a warning, this is not happy on account of what it deals with. Uh, in summary, five times Megatron used the loyalty programming to humiliate Onslaught. Five times Onslaught defied the programming. And I figured we would uh, explore that loyalty programming that they dropped right at the end of this episode. <laughs> so that's our that's our theme here. And it's also a one-shot. Let's go over to Elle's for some art recommendations. Alright. Today our recommendation is Yura Kim or Goddess Mechanic. They do a variety, but we've linked all Transformers Prime Art here. And they can be found on DeviantArt and Twitter. So they paint some really gorgeous work on their DeviantArt, of which we've linked to one, which is a Transformer Prime piece. This one, which is just utterly gorgeous. It I mean, look at it. The lighting pretty. is fabulous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's very clearly like pre-war um, Orion Pax and Megatron. And then the other fan art for today are rougher examples that include Soundwave knitting a scarf and robots and glasses. <laughs> Aw, there's little hearts, and it's intended for Megatron to make him warm and cozy. And then Starscream's just in the background going, what? Basically. It's, I need you to understand, this is this is prime sound wave, yes. so it's like the least emotional one, which is why also why this is funny. Like, there's just pink blushes covering part of, part of his helmet, but it's not like emojis on his faceplate. Yeah. And then, yeah, Robots with Glasses, it's got basically, I, it's called Model Student Optimus Ratchet. <laughs> Ratchet. It's very cute. Ratchet's the model student and Megatron has complaints. <laughs> As he does. But yes, we will link to them in, in our episode notes. Mm -hmm. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSparkPodcasts such as AO3, 
iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Alice. Toodles! Right. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while, and my brain is not here right now.